sunglasses. Did you see that sun? I saw that. <laughs> Welcome. Shining bright. <laughs> Excuse me. I love those. Do I look better with those on? Did you hear that hydrogen is 99% space? <laughs> That's more space than Elon Musk has. It's <laughs> awesome. It's just awesome. Yes, I did hear very that. Very clever. <laughs> so, very interesting session today. Yeah. And we're going to try an experiment. So I'd just like to warn everybody right up front. Here's how the experiment's going to work. We have been inventing a way to give credit for the students that participate in these discussions, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And in order to do that, we have to be able to do some assessments. So we're going to do an experiment. Okay. And the experiment goes like this. You have down below the screen or off the side, depending on what kind of a computer you have, a place that you can submit comments, right? right. You put in your Solus ID and so forth, and then you put in your message. Okay. So, I'm going to give you an assignment. These guys. Not me. <laughs> You're looking at me. <laughs> Are you guys willing to do her assignment for her? <laughs> It's all right with me. So, here's how it works. You write in there an assignment. First thing you do is you put a hashtag. Mm -hmm. You know what hashtag means, don't you? It's a searchable thing. It's a tic-tac-toe thing. Oh, you're right. I didn't hashtag. know that. I didn't know You put hashtag and then dark star. Dark star? Dark star. Like Darth Vader. No, dark star. And then you put your description of what a dark star is. All right, and then you send it in. Now, since this is an experiment, just an experiment, you're not going to be graded on this, maybe, but you are going to be graded or judged because I'm going to send a poster to the best responses, and I'm hoping to get a bunch. I'd like to get about 100 really good responses to this, and I'm going to send out a poster. And guess what it's a poster of? A dark star. A dark yeah, this is star. yeah, this is a new poster. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Okay. So remember, when you are ready to put in your description of what a dark star is, and I don't want to guess, you probably won't get a poster for guessing. You have to kind of understand this. So hopefully, by the time we're finished, you're going to know what a dark star is. Do you know what a dark star? I don't know how many people know about dark know stars. About dark stars. Mm -hmm. They're hard to see. Yeah, usually stars are bright, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, so dark stars, and uh, this is going to be kind of a, of a new thing. And then if this works, well, then we're going to do things like this on a regular basis, and the students that participate in this will be able to earn science credit for these science discussions. What do you think? I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. been you can enter. Are you reading my mind? <laughs> I was thinking I would. Mind my business. <laughs> okay. I want a poster. So, here we go. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you that this discussion is a little bit different. Because um, out of all of our discussions, you know, some of them have been pretty controversial. <laughs> 
her fault, not mine. <laughs> but this one might be a little bit controversial. And the reason that it could be controversial is because I would like to tell you about my theory. Remember, a theory is something that you don't really know. So it's more of an idea you think it might be. Uh, sometimes in science we call them a hypothesis. And I like to think of a hypothesis as a hmm, qualified guess or an informed guess. It's a theory. And then we use our science tools to find out whether or not our theory is accurate, or at least that's the goal. And that's also what we do in a lot of science fair things. Now I'd like to tell you about another guy that had a theory. Um, see if you can figure out who it was. Uh, his theory was on relativity. Oh, I know that one. Oh, you know that one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have a winner. And, and who would that be? That would be Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, yeah. He had a theory of relativity. Relativity. Later, he came up with another theory called the theory of general relativity. Sound like cousins, don't they? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have a pretty hard time understanding what the theory of relativity is. Uh, they asked Albert Einstein once, so what is relativity? And he gave him a very interesting answer. I'd like to put it up for you. Here's Albert on his bicycle with his answer. Put your hand on a hot stove for a minute, and it seems like an hour. <laughs> Sit with a pretty girl for an hour, and it seems like a minute. <laughs> That's relativity. <laughs> and it looks like he's having fun, doesn't it? Yeah, he does. Okay, so when Mr. Albert published his ideas on relativity, he created a real firestorm. I mean, it's... It should be, you know, well, that's what he thinks, but, you know, he doesn't know. It's not right. We know better. We're scientists. But there was something about his theory of relativity that really upset a lot of scientists because his theory completely contradicted a lot of the long-time known laws of science. It really messed with a lot of the work of one of my favorite scientists, who was Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, Sir Isaac Newton had these wonderful laws of, of energy, of matter, of forces, and all of a sudden Einstein's new theory would really mess them up. So a group of scientists got together and they published a book on a hundred scientists that disagree with Einstein. And many other people publish Letter saying, we this just is wrong. This is he's just wrong. And I guess that was their theory. <laughs> Interesting with the theory of relativity, he had all that opposition, but when he came out with the theory of general relativity, he had another 91 letters in opposition. So his theory created a lot of opposition. Well, time marches on, and people started studying his theories. And finally, they start realizing, wow, now they say he's probably one of the most important scientists that have ever lived because it's turning out that his theories are predicting experimental results and a lot of really, really interesting things happen. We won't go into a lot of detail about the theory of relativity, 
But uh, I do want to hit one detail very well. And this is one that I, I think if you can understand this, you can understand a lot of what I want to say about dark stars. This is a very, very, very famous formula. I'll bet a lot of you have seen it before, but I wonder how many of you have really understood what it means. Okay, here it is. E equals mc squared. And this equation is Einstein's. Pretty simple, yet it has really, really big ramifications. E stands for energy, is equal to m, m stands for mass, and c equals the speed of light, and it's squared, so it's speed of light times speed of light. So what in the world does that simple little equation say? What does it mean? And that's what I'd like to get into for a few minutes. Everything is powered by hydrogen. <laughs> Today, hydrogen is yellow. Okay. Imagine that this is a hydrogen atom. And I used hydrogen to burn inside of an engine to power my hydrogen car. A lot of other people are burning hydrogen to create power to power a car. But the stars, all of the stars in the heavens have a different idea. Instead of burning hydrogen, they use it in a much more powerful way. And the way that stars use hydrogen to make light and energy is what Einstein's formula is about. And I'd like to explain a little bit. So if this hydrogen were to combine with oxygen, then the electrons would move into different orbitals, like we learned from Mr. Tobias, and energy would be given off. And the amount of energy given off is enough to power a car, but it's a tiny amount of energy. There's another way to get energy from hydrogen. You can think of hydrogen on a nuclear, means the nucleus form, as being a way of storing a tremendous amount of energy. In fact, hydrogen is in water. Water is in the ocean. Did you know that? I didn't. I thought water was Am the I ocean. Am I going too fast? No, 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 no. Water is in the ocean. Oh. Water is not the See, ocean. See, I needed to learn that. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I come to that's this to not, learn. That's not a black star. Oh, no. Okay, I want to know about okay. your hydrogen. Okay, hydrogen. So hydrogens. Uh -huh. If we were to take two hydrogen atoms and smash them together. Okay, that wasn't hard Smash, I mean, really smash them together, mm -hmm. which to do would have to heat it up to 100 million degrees to make them hit hard enough. They would fuse together, and they would become just one atom. <laughs> and that atom would be helium. By smashing two hydrogens together, it turns into helium. Hydrogen has one proton, helium has two. Hydrogen has one electron, helium has two. So you take two hydrogen atoms, make a helium. So what's the big deal? Helium also works in balloons. Yeah, hydrogen mm -hmm. makes them, helium makes them, because they're very light gases. Mm -hmm. But 
This is the big dill. The big dill, the big dill. I'm going to do this in slow motion okay. for anybody that really wants to get it. Can you see that? I can. So here's my two hydrogen atoms, uh -huh. and I'm smashing them together, and they turn into helium. But guess what? Part of the hydrogen breaks off when they smush together. Hydrogen is what we call matter. It has mass. You can wait. It's light, mm -hmm. but it has mass. And when the two come together to form a helium, a, the weight of the helium is less than the weight of the two hydrogen atoms. Oh. Where did the mass go? Is it just disappearing? Things don't just disappear. And that's where we start getting into Einstein and his theory of relativity because the part of mass that disappeared turned into energy. That's why this is blinking. And energy is given off in the form of light and electromagnetic waves. Did you know that all of the light and heat and warmth that comes from the sun is part of hydrogen atoms that got smushed together to make helium but it's part of the weight of the hydrogen that didn't get into the helium. It got converted into energy. And some of you are saying, but how much energy did it make? Let's look at that formula again. The energy that is made is equal to the amount of that mass. This mass, this little mass that broke out, it's just a teeny little speck of the hydrogen atoms that got smushed together turned into energy, and the amount of energy is this mass, which is very small, times the speed of light, which is a huge number. I mean, light really cooks. Times the speed of light again. So for the teeniest speck of matter, we get an enormous amount of energy, and that's why the sun's so bright. That's why all the stars are so bright. And Einstein came up with this amazing equation. Let's look at it one more time. The amount of energy you get from a star is equal to the mass that disappeared when the hydrogen turned into helium times the speed of light times the speed of light. Now, for a minute, we're all in shock because it really is amazing. It is. And when Einstein came up with this, everybody was in shock. What, what, is, what is this guy talking about? But there are some interesting things we've been able to do with that. And of course, this reaction of hydrogen turning into helium is how mankind has been able to make the hydrogen bomb. We smash two hydrogen atoms together, turn into helium, a little bit of the matter, disintegrates into energy, but the amount of energy is so great because it's times the speed of light times the speed of light. So you get an enormous amount of energy out. A hydrogen bomb is actually a lot more powerful than an atomic bomb. On the other hand, to smash two hydrogen atoms together hard enough to get them to stick and become helium, 
takes so much energy that the only way we figured out how to make a hydrogen bomb is to set off an atomic bomb to create the energy to smash them together to make the hydrogen bomb, which is a much bigger boom. How are we doing so far? Okay, so we're getting right into this relativity. Mm -hmm. Now this is where I, I need to say something that is going to take this out into a different zone. Today, I want to share with you a new theory, my theory. And I don't want a hundred of you writing a letter saying, a hundred <laughs> students against art. <laughs> okay, just need to let everybody have their theories. But you know, a lot of people have theories. Most scientists publish their theories, and maybe somebody will write an article, I agree, I disagree, but usually they just have their theories and science marches on. When Einstein wrote his theory, science blew up because it was so upsetting. It was so revolutionary. It changed our thinking in many, many, many fields. It made many things possible. Well, I have a new theory that I think is kind of radical. It's kind of different. It's hard to come up with a theory that is a lot different and especially, it, it's hard to come up with a theory that you think makes any sense. So it just may be that I may cause some controversy. And if I do, I just want you to remember, you are here, it's your fault. You're not intervening <laughs> and their fault, okay? But anyway, what if, well, we'll see about this theory. Okay. This is a hypothesis. This is not a, I think. Now, for you to understand the theory, I have to explain a few things. But I'll just tell you as it is. I'm going to tell you things today that I have never told anybody ever. And I think you're going to hear a theory that may be unique. If you can make up a theory that someone hasn't already published somewhere sometime, that's, that's a feat, even mm -hmm. if it's wrong. <laughs> that's true. But if you can be like Einstein, have this crazy theory that's right, wow then you've really got something. Now I have to show you a, another little slide here. And this one is of Einstein. And it's his response. When he published his theory of relativity, 100 scientists published this book of opposition. And they asked Einstein what he thought about it. And he said, why 100 scientists? If I was wrong, one would be enough. <laughs> and you know, he was right. One would have been enough. A thousand couldn't make his theory wrong. So just remember, for you write your 1,000 students against ours theory, <laughs> okay? But my theory creates the possibility of black stars. Einstein's theory created the possibility of a lot of things. Did you know that... Uh, it's his theory that creates the possibility of a warp drive on Star Trek. <laughs> warp drive comes out of the theory of relativity and a lot of other things. So who knows? We may get a whole new sci-fi show out of this. That'd be neat. Yeah. Anyway, so can we dig in? Absolutely. So to really make sense of this, first of all, 
we've got to talk a minute about black holes. Everybody knows what a black hole is. A black hole, what is a black hole? Well, it just so happens I have a black hole here. Can you see it? Here's a black hole. Black holes exist in different places in space. And we know that they have very unusual properties. They pull in any matter that goes nearby. Everybody that flew close to a black hole got sucked in. It's kind of like a super tornado out in space. It sucks things in. It is so powerful that it even sucks in light. That's just zooming by, gets sucked in the hole. And so if you can imagine this rim here was a black hole, then maybe we could finally answer the question, what is inside of black holes? Since we have a black hole, we don't have to guess. We can just reach inside the black hole and see what's inside there. It's skunks. <laughs> oh, it's, it's... It's skunks or what? Skunks. Or inside... Look, they have black on okay. them. And, and they're trained skunks. Watch this. Play dead. Okay. <laughs> this is obedient. <laughs> Actually, though... That little disk kind of represents what a lot of people think a black hole looks like or what a black hole is. But it's not a very accurate depiction. And I want to see if I can change your thinking about black holes. A black hole. How do black holes form? Where do they come from? In a star... In all the stars, we have a lot of hydrogen. A lot of hydrogen. Stars are made up of hydrogen. And there is so much hydrogen, and they are so massive, that the attraction between particles, which is what we call gravity, is so great, it really pulls them tight together. And after they get tight enough, hot enough, they start fusing together, giving off all this energy as the hydrogen turns into helium, and a little bit of the mass disappears and turns into energy, and that's why they give off light and heat, okay? But every time some hydrogen turns into helium, some of the hydrogen inside the star is used up, and then some more does, and it's used up, and it's used up, and so over billions of years, because stars are very big, some bigger than others, but over billions of years, all of the hydrogen in a star is used up, and then all you have is a star made of helium. When the star is just made of helium, it's like the fire goes out. Because helium is what the hydrogen turns into when it gives off the matter, and so the star starts to die. It starts to go dim. It starts to go cold. The energy that's coming off of this fusion reaction is what keeps the atoms pushed apart and keeps it so hot. When that reaction stops, then the helium atoms start collapsing closer and closer together because there's no energy pushing them apart. And pretty soon, a great big sun collapses down into something the size you could hold in your hand, and yet it still has the same weight of the sun. 
So it has an enormous weight. And when you bring all of those atoms that close together, the gravity or the attraction becomes enormous. When you're experimenting with magnets and you hold them apart, you can feel a little bit of attraction, but as you get them closer, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and so it is with gravity. And the gravity soon becomes so strong that it pulls in matter, and it even pulls in electromagnetic waves or light going by. If it gets too close to the dying star, it sucks it in. And so just think about it. If you've got an object that is sucking in all the light going by, it looks black because the light doesn't reflect off, does it? It just gets sucked in and disappears. And so that is what we call a black hole. It's a place where there is so much gravity that pulls everything in. It even pulls in light. Around the edge of the black hole is what we call the event horizon. That's the magic line in space. If you cross that, you're too close, you're going to get sucked in. If you stay outside, you might be able to get away, especially if you're light. But the event horizon, anything that goes inside the event horizon goes into the black hole. Now, this is where it gets kind of strange because inside the black hole, weird things happen. The laws of physics seem to break down. The laws of physics that work on the Earth and they work in the universe, all of a sudden, when they get into a black hole, they just kind of break down. And in the middle of the black hole, there is a point the scientists call the singularity. As you start getting closer and closer to a black hole because of the gravity, <laughs> there's warpage of space-time, and so time slows down, slows down, slows down. And when you get at the singularity, according to standard model and what most scientists agree on today, time stops. So it just really messes up a lot of things when you've got this black hole sucking in everything. Anything that goes in will never get out. And a lot of scientists are spending a lot of time trying to figure out what the heck. For a long time, no one even believed there was black holes. They were discovered theoretically with the math coming from Einstein's formulas long before we actually discovered them. But now we found out, yep, there are black holes. We can even make them in the laboratory, teeny ones. But the interesting thing is it's turning out they're everywhere. And they're super massive. That means really big. Mm -hmm. Really big black holes in the center of every galaxy. And to me, that's very suspicious. You've got a big galaxy, which is a group of all these stars. And in the middle, you've got a big, supermassive black hole. Is that a coincidence? If it happened one time, maybe. But we're starting to find out it's happening everywhere. And that made me think... Wouldn't it be crazy if we could have a new theory? What if we could have a new idea about these? What if, in fact, inside a black hole, it's not skunks? <laughs> what if it's something else? I thought, I would love to invent a theory on what's inside of black holes. 
and some of you know me well enough to know if I were to invent a theory of what's inside of black holes, I would I would invent <laughs> hydrogen. <laughs> we hydrogen didn't cars, <laughs> hydrogen yeah. house, hydrogen black holes. And that is my theory. My theory is that inside of a black hole is hydrogen. Now you say, well, wait a minute. Explain. Okay. thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so let's take one of the black holes that's made by a star collapsing. So here's our helium atom. And just imagine all these helium atoms all smashed down together so that they are so close they create a gravity that can even suck in light. Light's going by. Keep that in mind. Now, while you're thinking about that, remember where that light came from. The light that's going by, it's made by two hydrogen atoms smashing together and losing a little speck of matter that turns into energy. Boop, 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 boop. And that's the light that's going by that's getting sucked in. You smash two hydrogens together, matter's turned into light, it goes out into space, and the hydrogens become helium. What would happen if you put the light back in the helium, it turned into mass, and popped back into two hydrogens? It would be like stars running backwards. And I believe we're going to find out that that might be exactly what's happening. And that is the basis of my theory. Now, I call my model... You know, there's the standard model that everyone agrees with. I had to think of a name for my model. I thought uh, red model, the blue model. Yep, the Billings model. <laughs> I named it the Billings model. And in the Billings model, there are a couple interesting things that happen. I want to show you my black hole. This is more like what I think a black hole looks like. It's not like a little bag with a, a hole with skunks in it. It's actually a ball of helium, atom, helium atoms that are black because they're not giving off any energy. But they have such intense gravity because they're so close together that they're sucking light in. Every time light tries to go by, so we can't see it. That makes sense? So that's what a black hole looks like. And I look at that and I say, you know what? That doesn't look like a hole to me. And so that's why I named it a black star. Because it was a star. And then it burned out and turned black. So it's a black star. Yes. It looks like that. And if light goes by on this side, it gets sucked in. That side, it's not just a hole that goes in. It's a hole all the way around. You get too close, in you go. <laughs> and what happens to the light that goes into a black hole? Now, some people, you ought to hear some of the theories. Some people say it goes into a new dimension. And you know, I don't even know what that is. So I can't agree with it. But a lot of people think that. But I say what happens when that energy gets sucked into the black hole, the light gets turned back into matter. And the matter then turns the helium back into two hydrogens. And so as light is getting sucked into this black star, 
you're getting more and more and more hydrogen. And when you get enough, guess what? It starts fusing again and the light comes back on and we have a new star. So, lit stars give off their light until they run out of hydrogen and then they become black stars, or dead stars. And then they gather up light with their magnetism until they get enough hydrogen to ignite again. Secret is keep your hydrogen tank full. <laughs> yeah. Does that make any sense to anybody? Mm -hmm. And so now that goes a little bit further. You know, Einstein has this neat equation. He says the amount of energy that you get from a fusion or an atomic reaction is the amount of matter that is destroyed or turned into energy is equal to the mass times the speed of light times the speed of light. That's his formula. Okay, remember we saw it a few minutes ago. And that formula, let's, let's put it up again. The energy we're talking about is the light that's coming off, and it's not just light, it's all kinds of electromagnetic energy that's coming off the star is equal to the amount of mass that disappeared when the helium was formed times the speed of light times the speed of light. Well, if I'm going to have a theory, i got to have a formula, don't I? So I do. I happen to have a formula. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you in a minute. But just think of this now. This then could look like a star. Now you say, well, we can't really see it. Now my, my friends, at least they used to be my, my friends <laughs> that are physicists are going to say, well, now wait a minute. There's a few problems with your theory. And I say, oh, you must be one of the hundred. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of problems with my theory based on traditional understanding of physics. But I think there's some real interesting answers to some of these problems. And I think they are something we ought to look at real carefully. I think it's going to be kind of fun to see what kind of reaction I get. Now, I want to show you my formula because this is the next piece that is a key. And if someone's going to look at this mathematically, they're going to need this as a starting point because I'm saying something even bigger than I've said so far. And you mathematicians that take a cellus and are learning math, which is the language of science, you're going to see this right away. This is my formula. E minus mc squared equals zero. Now that's a lot like Einstein's formula. Still has E, still has mc squared, but I have a zero. And if you study this, you realize that I'm saying something. I'm saying that in the universe, the whole universe, the amount of energy minus the amount of mass times the speed of light equals zero. In other words, the amount of energy is balanced with the amount of mass corrected by the speed of light. So if you take the mass times speed of light away from the energy, you get zero. Or in other words, the energy in the universe is equal to the mass times speed of light in the universe. And I'm saying those two things, in my theory, are always balanced. So when some light gets sucked into a black hole, somewhere else 
some hydrogen combines together and the mass disappears and turns into light. So that the amount of mass in the universe is always a constant. doesn't change. Now this is kind of interesting. One of the things that Einstein said that I find is real intriguing is we were talking about the cosmos. The fact that we had a big bang and everything's flying apart and and he says, the, the thing I don't like about the Big Bang Theory is that it kind of predicts a temporary universe. This one is a model that doesn't predict a temporary universe. And I just have a hunch in my theory that the universe isn't temporary. And so it'll be interesting to see what people think about that. So what do you think? I think it's... Fascinating. Would this be a good time to show the poster? So some of you are going to write down, so what is a dark star? Well, there it is. A dark star is my vision, with my theory, of what a black hole is. It's just a really, really highly dense group of helium atoms that are sucking up light so they can make hydrogen so they can start shining again. Stars like to shine. And that's why they're doing it. And so our wonderful uh, artist, illustrator, uh, Ryan, mm -hmm. created a poster for me of how I envision the universe, and I'd like to show it to you. Here is a drawing of a, a dark star and around the event horizon there, that's where the, inside the little line, you can see uh, things happening like they do around the event horizon. And then as the light goes into the center, it eventually turns into matter, which then has to be heavier than the helium so the helium pops back into two hydrogen atoms. When you look at it, it's kind of like the hydrogen fuel cell car in a way because we burn hydrogen in an engine by combining it, we'll pretend this is oxygen now, we combine it with an oxygen, we get H2O, we get water, the hydrogen's gone, the oxygen's gone, and water's there, but then we put electricity back in it, and they pop apart again. We get oxygen back out, and we can use the hydrogen over and over again. I think the stars are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Only they don't burn it with oxygen. They burn it with, by fusing the hydrogen together, which turns into helium. But helium doesn't weigh as much as the two hydrogens did. Where did the weight go? And it went into light. And when the light goes into the dark star... It regenerates the energy. Now, I want to remind you, this is a theory. And if you go talk to your dad, if he's a physicist, and you say, Dad, guess what I learned? <laughs> <laughs> There's no black holes. They're actually just dark stars, and they're gathering up hydrogen. Um, please explain. That's just a theory. <laughs> but... Uh, the point that I really want to make in this discussion today is that we can make up theories. And almost everything that we know in science 
came because someone made up a theory and then they researched it and they studied it and they observed and they did experiments to prove their theory was wrong or right. Many, 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 many times in my lifetime, I have invented theories that weren't right or they weren't completely right or both. But every time I made a theory and I went and did something to find out whether or not it was right, I learned something. And so I'm at it again. And this is kind of a big theory, you know, for a hydrogen guy that builds computers and networks and does education. They're going to say, hey, stay out of the universe. <laughs> I say, no. <laughs> no, I... I invented black stars, I think. If, if anyone hears about someone's already invented black stars, be sure and let me know. You call it dark star, too. Huh? Uh, well, I actually, uh, you know, I like to officially name it black star, dark star. What is the difference? They're a star that is taking a little breather, a little rest from giving off light. Okay. And it would be nice if people were to come away from this discussion realizing that a black hole is actually a little sphere that's sucking stuff in from every direction. It's not really a hole. It's a, a dark object, a dark sphere, a dark star. And why do I call it a star? Because that's how we made it. That's what it was. That's what it's going to be, according to my theory. Love to know what you think, and that's why you have an opportunity now to, to put these things in. Um, I think uh, we have a little video clip I'd like to show you at the end, which is, uh, well, we don't have it. Well, Tobias has it. Can you pull that up for me? And if he can't, I will become very grumpy. <laughs> I, do, you I think, do you think they're grumpy? They uh, black stars are not grumpy, they're sweet. <laughs> yeah, but don't get too close. Exactly. <laughs> okay, but the, uh, the little video that I want to show you is, is a shot, and I'll show you, first of all, I want to show you this image. This is an image taken in my office, my new office, on the 10th story of the... Golki Tower, and please notice the billiard desk, mm -hmm. and in the background, you see the poster hanging there on the wall because Ryan did this beautiful piece of art for me. Also, if you look out there, you can see a long ways out. In fact, you can almost see all the way to St. Louis, where Washington University is trying to come up with a really amazing adventure or invention that... Uh, Johnny told us about trying to steal the good ideas from Kansas City, but I just want them to know we have the Chiefs, we have the Royals, and we have inventions. So, we have you. And we have theories. <laughs> we definitely have theories. Actually, you know, uh, Missouri has Kansas City on the west side and St. Louis on the east side, and we are the two biggest cities in Missouri, and we are as far apart as you can get and still be in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's because 
like charge as a post. Okay. <laughs> Never heard that. But I just like to say to our dear friends in St. Louis that Kansas City has outgrown you now. <laughs> I think it's because of all these Ellis people coming here, but mm -hmm. Kansas City has outgrown St. Louis, and we love you guys in St. Louis. You're our in Missouri cousins, but we're bigger. <laughs> and uh, this year, we're going to show the world how to play football. Right? Oh, yeah? Okay, so just as a farewell, here's a little green. Look at the chart that I hope you're going to write up and, and win. I'd like to send one to you. There is no sound on this film because... All the sound gets caught in the dark store and can't get out. But the Billings model, universal balance, hydrogen forming black stars. And here's the formula, A minus MC squared equals zero. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.